Hello and welcome to Troubling Issues. This is a podcast about comics, but for everyone, not just people who like comics, but every single human being on the planet. Every fortnight we read a single issue of a comic book and talk about it in somewhat ridiculous detail to entertain and inform you about it and a heap of other stuff. If you want to and you can find it, you can read along with this comic, but you don't have to, and in this particular episode, it may be better for your mental health if you don't. Uh, The comic itself may be good, bad, or just plain weird, but it will definitely be noteworthy. I'm Brad Daniels, comic writer, artist, and fan, and this week's guest is Tim Burns, a writer, comedian, and clown. (laughs) Yay, Tim! (laughs) How are you doing? Pretty good. I'm getting a little bit of a um, a Kermit the Frog thing going on in my voice when I finish introducing some people. (laughs) But the yay? Do your arms flail around when you say yay? They they do. They do. And I. Oh, yay! (laughs) I'm feeling a little bit socky at the moment. Uh, Tim, you're a you're a great fella, uh, an old friend oh, of mine. Oh, and... shucks. You're all right yourself. Oh, thank you very much. I think we've uh, been father and son. We've been roommates. Yes. We, we've got, got to know each other. The first time I saw you uh, perform, you said nothing. You did a comedy routine and you said nothing at all during <laughs> it. And I think... That's why, as I said, well, this man is a natural for a podcast, which is all talk. (laughs) Well, that came about because, um, well, I started off doing stand-up comedy and I just was always very awkward and would forget what I was saying, would stumble over my words. Um, Then I discovered a clown named Dr. Brown and I liked what he did. So I thought, right, let's just get rid of the weakness. Get rid so of all the, the vocalization. Right <laughs> no more talking for you. Yeah, that was this. Yeah, still, still holding my silence as we speak. This is all <laughs> wow. complete mental projection. My God, you're 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 breaking my mind. Fantastic. <laughs> uh, and of course, when I first saw you, your your act involved a little uh, a little puppet taking us back to the Kermit the Frog thing. Was that uh, the kangaroo one, was it? The kangaroo puppet. Right. Poor guy. He gets it rough in that routine. Yes, he does. Um, yeah, quite a few of my routines involved um, something horrific happening with an, um, with animals. There's a, a parrot, um, a cockatoo puppet, sorry. A, um, oh, yeah. uh, a cockatoo a, is a sort of parrot, so you're okay. Yeah. Um, a toy horse. That oh, one got yeah. it rough as well. Um and then after that, some involved nudity. It was just, I just, I don't know, just go with the whims of the audience, really. You're really you're main... selling it. You're selling your yeah. act there. Jim. So, um, yeah, in these COVID-saved times, it's not the best act because there's a lot of touching. There's, I just, <laughs> it's, it's, it is a kind of improvisation, really. Um, yeah. just... oh, I love it. Well, hopefully... <laughs> The, well, what we're describing now will make everyone who's listening to this podcast say, we have to see this act. We have to find <laughs> out what the hell they are talking about. We demand his return. <laughs> return to the stage. COVID be damned. Get nude. Get crazy. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, you're going to have to quarantine after seeing me. <laughs> I knew I had to. Uh, anyway, but uh, we're sort of like rabbiting on a little bit. But uh, 
Tim, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself before we go any further in this podcast? Um, oh, gosh. Uh, what else can I say? Yeah, um, I have a lot to do with books, comics, novels. Um, I, I, I'm trained as a library technician, um, so I'm quite familiar with the territory. Um, I also write outside of that, doing lots of entertainment stuff. Uh, and I co-run a show called Comedy Commentary Cinema, where we... Talk over movies. Yes, and I love it. Uh, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, you did the Apple, the possibly Apple. the greatest um, music movie musical of all time. Oh God, it's it it kind of fits in with this comic that we'll be discussing tonight, really, where there's just very strange turns in the plot. Yes, indeed. But you oh, know, it's God. better songs or better. I'm not sure actually if that's the right way to describe them. Hmm. Um, it has more songs in the book. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> comics, notoriously a silent medium, uh, don't have a lot of songs in them. No, it's something that needs to be fixed. Although I have seen there's a few, um, I remember there's a rap album inspired by, I think it was the Black Panther comics. Oh, wow. That sounds I cool. I think there was. Um, yeah, I, I know there was definitely one inspired by the film, but I think there was one inspired by the comics okay. and i know there was a musical of spider-man that didn't that actually went better than the apple but that's that's saying on the dark. disastrous the apple is mm, turn on the dark uh <laughs> notoriously a a very troubled uh production yeah a workplace health and safety nightmare from what i recall <laughs> and that says nothing of bono's involvement <laughs> Oh boy, the, yeah, the wraparound glasses—that was a problem in itself. But yeah, the people, the people swinging over the audience and then falling into the audience—that's mm. the problem. Yeah, I think they went through a few people with that. They did indeed. Yeah. Oh boy, but that could be a podcast in itself. Uh, so <laughs> we're going a little bit faster and loose tonight because I'm a very tired man. So you've—I think you've pretty much defined what your relationship is with comics. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I recall uh, the earliest comic I can recall really reading was, I think I got a Daredevil in a show bag once. Oh, wow. Um, and a couple of Dark Horse ones, like I recall Shadow Man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't think I really took comics really that seriously until maybe um, Scott Pilgrim. Scott Pilgrim oh. versus the world. Um, that was a good comic. It was. It was really well done. I think I read that, like, my older brother is was very into comics. Um, and somehow I ended up reading that one just because I heard, at, like, I'm very big into indie rock and that sort of thing. And that is a very big focus in the Scott Pilgrim books. Absolutely. Um, uh, indie rock yeah. and computer games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, from there, there's been things like, Axe Cop has been a very good one. Um, <laughs> lots oh, of very, so good. lots of very silly ones, and then a few things like the Vision, um, the recent series that was done. Oh yeah, that was a dark series. It was that poor dog. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, if you haven't read the Vision, people out there, I, I don't know if I could recommend it, but uh, if you if you're feeling game, you could uh, experience it. Oh, it's such great storytelling it was just really well done yeah 
But yeah, you got to be expecting the Marvel He's... Cinematic Universe when you read it. You will be disappointed. Oh, this is not Paul Bettany. No, no, no. <laughs> oh boy, but uh, yeah, let's just rolling along, rolling along. Uh, yeah, we're going to read a, a series of short stories. So rather than doing a single issue, and this, uh, there is a reason why I chose you and this particular story, these particular stories to go together, because I know Tim that you are a bit of a fan of the bizarre. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a pretty good guess. Uh, what led you to that conclusion? Well, uh, <laughs> besides your your comedy acts and uh, being in shows with you and having to deal with your with your uh, particular brain uh, uh, <laughs> stories, <laughs> following your brain paths for a bit in an improvised show, uh, you also to- uh, told me that... Uh, Twin Peaks was your favourite TV show, and that is a very bizarro show. Oh, right. Yeah. It, you know, Stranger, I haven't actually seen the third season yet. Oh, I've been God. meaning to find time to be able to... Because I found with the first two series, it was very much... You have to be in the right headspace. And I heard the third season gets very, very different in a way, yeah. very bizarre. So I've been just trying to find that right headspace to f- yeah. do it in. 2020 hasn't really been the year for it. No, it's a, not ideal. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Lynchian watching weather, let's say. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, you you like one thing you have to do. Like 20 years later, I said, okay, now we're gonna do the third season, and everyone's like, oh, finally we'll get all the answers we wanted from the, all the mysteries will be solved. You're oh, watching the wrong David show. Lynch, I have my doubts. You're watching the wrong show, if that's what you think you're going to get. <laughs> but speaking of mysteries and weirdness, we are going to be reading some uh, some book stories starring Phantoma. Uh, the... Good segue. Yes, indeed. <laughs> the Jungle Princess or the Jungle Woman. Uh, yeah, what was it? The, the um, Mystery Woman of the Jungle. That's it. The Mystery Woman of the Jungle. I should get the uh, actual comic open in front of me so I can <laughs> quote from it extensively. And these are uh, some stories that are done by uh, Fletcher Hanks. Uh, I see here he was credited as Barkley Flag. And from yes. what I saw, he's he goes by a few pseudonyms from what I saw. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he, he only operated for three years as a comic creator in the very early days of comic books from 1939 mm. to 1941. He did about 50 stories. Uh, and they, uh, well, I suppose I, I'm going to tip my hand and say they're a little bit like outsider art. If you're familiar with what I'm talking about. Yeah. I, that's how I kind of felt looking like it was like, um, I couldn't help but think of some of the art of, um, Oh, I couldn't remember who, what the guy's name was, but he was a, a Christian sort of uh, oh, cartoonist. Chick? What was that? Jack Chick? Could be. Like, he was a Christian um, artist, and his comics sort of got taken over by the punks in an ironic sort of way, from what I recall. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, we did do a Jack Chick comic as part of this uh, podcast. The second episode was uh, The Dark Dungeons chick tract which is about the dangers of dungeons and dragons 
I think that might be him, actually. A That's chick track. That, that does ring a bell there. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, back to uh, uh, Fletcher Hanks. Uh, he so he's a bit of a he was a bit of a mystery figure, and he suddenly like about ten years ago he rose to prominence again because people rediscovered his uh, stories and they're just well let's say they're very unique. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was um oh, what was his name that they reintroduced them to the world? He did um the um City of Glass um comic. That's it. Yes. Yeah. I've got that comic up on my bookshelf as well somewhere. Well, I'm actually unfamiliar with it, so yeah. I, I show myself being an undereducated man here. But does this mean I'm the host now? Yeah, congratulations! Oh, oh uh, wow, no murder had to take place either. That's usually how these things work. No worries, uh, but you get to do all the uh, editing as well. So <laughs> oh, I have to put work in. No, I I succeed. <laughs> hey, my my is closed. Ah, <laughs> uh, no worries. So yes, Fletcher Hanks. Well, let's discuss him a little bit as we go along. But let's start mm. with the very first episode, Mystery Woman of the Jungle. This is from Jungle Comics. Uh, let me get the Jungle Comics number two, published in February 1940. Everything: the writing, the art, the editing. Uh, it's all done by Fletcher Hanks. And we have four stories, I believe, to go through. Mm. They're all very short, and they're all have something else in common. Um, <laughs> Phantoma. <laughs> Phantoma, the mystery woman of the jungle. We start with uh, a, a elephant who is old and then realizes it's time it's going to die. Which is uh, you know, a great way to start. You know, it uh, starts with yeah. the existential crisis of death. Yes, indeed. It's bedecked, bedecked with jewels, an honoured elephant. Uh, it doesn't explain where he got the jewels from, I mean, or why he's wearing them. Well, I assume, yeah. Well, that's the first thing. Is like You're going to be filling in a lot of the blanks yourself in these stories. Mm. Uh, so in my mind, he is like part of a, uh, like a royal... Uh, menagerie uh, and it's like but of course he realizes he's going to die so he says oh, I'm going to sneak away to go to the elephant graveyard although people do notice yes it's, it's very hard not to notice a, an, a giant elephant bedecked, bedecked in jewels he's got some sort of big blanket across his back he's got a nice little hat yes yes it's got a it's got a brooch on. I it's like got a that. Brooch. It's got one of those uh, walking sticks with a jeweled skull. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, got the whole kitten caboodle. So yeah, uh, Mauler is the name of the elephant, and uh, he decides it's okay. Time to die. Using his cunning, he sneaks away without being noticed. Uh, page two. Now, he plunges through the jungle, his instinct guiding him towards a secret graveyard. Uh, yeah, it's like, then we meet our first human characters, uh, because Phantoma is definitely not human. Yeah. Uh, a couple of, uh, well, near-do-wells, as I say, who are after after the jewels of Mola. They want to run the jewels. Yes. And, and they are uh, like 
most of the most of the people in these stories uh, have a very distinctive look. Hmm. <laughs> Gee, what could it be? Could it be the chiseled jaws? They got. They have crazy chiseled jaws. Incredible, uh, really. Just yeah. They're sort of like the the old man in the moon, sort of like half crescent shaped face. Yeah, yeah, I can see yeah. that with the profile of one, the one with the uh, red band around his um, his hunting helmet. Indeed, big uh, muscular necks. Oh my god, yes, these guys have been working their necks out. Something shocking. They are almost phallic in their <laughs> shape. It's uh, yeah, I, I'm I, now that you mention it, yeah. It's it's a little bit disturbing, and those hats do not help the uh, <laughs> don't help the effect at all. Okay, so they have a little discussion. They they're going to find the elephant's graveyard and become quote the richest people in the world. I right, should read the whole bubble there. Okay, because I I feel like the just the the, the his writing it, it's just it there's something very odd about the way he writes it's very it's like, um, are you saying that no one would speak this way i mean hard to say really mm. i do proclaim some things like um what's this in the other bubble the old elephant has probably gone off to die eh, that's pretty standard <laughs> and then he says this will be our chance to find the elephant's graveyard and become the richest people in the world it's a very exposition sort of bubble. Yes, indeed. To which his friend replies, I'm on. <laughs> uh, and they start to follow. Oh, they have bloodhounds. I, I did not know that they were supposed to be dogs from the yeah, illustration. It, from this very first panel, it's, it's very hard to tell. It looks, mm. they look kind of like some kind of lizard. That's exactly what was going through my mind. They look like they have skinks. Or yeah. Leading them through the underbrush. Uh, once again, very expressionistic sort of artwork. It's not like it's not like it's completely childlike and unrealistic. It's just like it's just like most things in this these stories. It's just a little bit off. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's well done. It. it does have an amateurish quality, but it is way better than any of my drawings. Um, <laughs> it's I do not have the skill of this level, but he's not insert famous artist's name here. He's yeah. not Leonardo DiCaprio. Definitely not Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, you're right on there. Okay, so as Mauler reaches a waterfall, a strange form greets him, and there, uh, Phantomar, looking rather rather saucy in her, well, I guess, translucent dress, uh, greets the elephant. Uh, I mean... kind of... It is a bit. Hmm. And everyone, see well, the shape. Now, just, set, just imagine. Imagine that you are a child. Uh, the year is 1939. You have a book of uh, jungle tales, and you say, oh, this is this, this alluring woman. What, a, what an alluring, interesting character. I wonder where this story will go. Let's find out, shall we? Mm. Okay. The the uh, ivory hunters catch up with them. And they see Phantomar leading Mauler through the Ark of Death. 
the arch of death. <laughs> the golden arches. <laughs> if you will, if you will. More sort of like ruddy red, but this is a pretty yeah. bad reproduction we've got going I on here. I think it's a cave. That's what I was assuming it was. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, well, it shall all become uh, clear in the fullness of time. Okay, they as a, they reach the waterfall, they f- smell something weird. And then the dogs, who now look like dogs, we can recognize them, but yeah. their tails have disappeared for some reason. The th- very thing that made them look like lizards are gone. Uh, I like how they pointed it out. It says, oh, they're in the bubble for one of the hunters. It goes, notice how the dogs are acting. <laughs> yes, the dogs run off and are then... Well, they are killed off panel. Yeah. Uh, they dash into the brush. What has happened? Says, says one of the hunters. And then their death cries echo across the canyon. I wonder what killed them. So they've really <laughs> given up on the dogs straight away. <laughs> there was no loyalty. <laughs> no loyalty at all. Uh, hmm, I guess the dog is dead now. Dogs uh, are not these men's best friends. No, definitely not. And I would not want to be owned by these guys either. They, they are completely callous to their to their pets. Okay, from the out of the darkness of the bamboos comes this weird floating skull apparition. But weirdly, you can sort of see hair around it by the looks of things. I'm guessing that's Phantom's hair. Yes, I think that's what's going on here. This is uh, Phantoma. Okay, we'll, we'll get into it more as we go along, but this is, uh, once again, this is from the very dawn of comic books. Mm. Right. Uh, so there were no, like, the, it wasn't codified how they worked. Mm. So uh, uh, Fletcher Hanks was just doing, like, you know, he didn't know what was right, what was wrong. He was just doing what he thought he could do. But there's no explanation as to who this woman is, how she can do what she does, why she does what she does. It's very much a Tommy Wiseau, The Room sort of thing. Yeah. It's a guy that's sort of seen a movie and gone, oh, well, I I can do that. And he has a vague idea of how to make a movie, so he makes one. But it's off. It's... I, I guess I'd say Fletcher Hank is the Tommy Wiseau of the golden age of comics, really. Okay. Oh, wow. That's be cool. Well, uh, do not let uh, his his editor, the fellow, what was this guy, Paul Karasik, hear that because he is, he, uh, I read an interview of him and he's like, no, no, he's not a bad, he's not a bad uh, creator. He just did really powerful, unusual stuff. I'll mm. sit on I'll sit on the fence for that one. I say I don't I don't know whether he's really some sort of visionary or just a crazy person. I don't know which which side of a maybe both. It's hard to say, but like like with the room, it's while it is very a very weird movie, it is one that I admire a lot. Mm. It's it has a lot of rewatch value, and these comics I've I've read them a couple of times today actually, and. Oh, it's just each time there's just always something weird little thing that I catch, whether it's a line of dialogue or just the way something's drawn. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll let you know, um, and I'll 
fill in the uh, for the audience as well. You know, you can actually read all these comics, all the ones we're reading today, plus many more for free. If you go to comicbookplus.com and just type in Phantomars, uh, and you can read all of these and get the full picture. Okay, so there's a, there's a little uh, tip for the people at home. Let's go to page four. Oh, word boy, there's so much to cover here. Okay, fantastic f- picture of men uh, sprinting, I guess. I mean, I think so. It's a very like stick sort of like running thing. I can only imagine what this would be animated like. They're, <laughs> they're trying to find a mauler. They find his tracks. I like the way the guy has thrown his hands up like he's. Uh... It's a very sassy po- pose. It is. It's a very sassy sort of pose. Yeah, very sassy. Here are his tracks. <laughs> he's gone through the arch. Uh, and they enter the blind valley. And there the um, Mola, the dying elephant, is caught in quicksand. Yeah, I was wondering if... There was, like, it does say quicksand, but it just looks like... The image looks like he's just drowning in... There's a lot of ivory tusks. Mm-hmm. Just everywhere. It looks like he is drowning in in a bathtub full of ivory, basically. Mm. Uh, but... So, yeah. Uh, one of the fellows, the guy in the blue shirt, says, it must be the elephant's graveyard. <laughs> Uh, and yes, there are so many, uh, so much ivory there. It's crazy. So the first guy says, mm, "Get those jewels before he sinks." And the other guy's like, "Forget about the jewels. Check out all that ivory." Millions I like that guy's worth. thinking. Really? I mean, ivory. It's not a. It's. I mean, is that still a trade? I, I'm pretty sure it's a black market trade now. Oh yeah, well, it was definitely it's still, still a thing back back in the 1930s. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of piano keys I had to make. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's like this is when Honky Tonk was just starting to take off. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, then we get to the, the rather disturbing uh, last panel of this page. Uh, and the men stand gazing at the fortune, have a little discussion. But behind them, in a bikini, is a skull-faced woman. Yeah, not, it's not looking alluring at all. Yeah, it, it's it's not a look most people can pull off. <laughs> um, not a lot of people can pull off the um, completely skull fleshless face. skull look. Yeah, there's Skeletor, obviously. Skeletor, master of it. I mean, he man's foe, Skeletor. He can pull it off. Who was it that played him in the movie? Um, Frank Langella. That's it. That's the guy. Um, Yeah, the the makeup for him. Because, I mean, it was an 80s film. um, And it was done by Canon, who are noted for not being Uh, the best filmmakers. Canon are right in your wheelhouse, obviously. Oh, Um, yeah, I've seen... We're just talking about The Apple, which was... That was a Canon film, wasn't it? That was a Canon film. That was actually... um, I'm pretty sure that was written and directed by one of the uh, lead producers of Canon. Yeah, and I refuse Um, to look that up, just so you know. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Yeah, yeah, fantastic stuff from Canon. If you 
love dodgy stuff. They somehow did, um, like, they, I'm pretty sure they did a lot of John Claude Van Damme and yeah. the early Chuck Norris films. They did, like, uh, uh, Breakin? Breakin? Breakin and Breakin 2, Electric Boogaloo. Yeah, yeah. So that's their uh, long-standing um, pop culture claim to fame. Uh, yeah, and famously they did Superman 4, The Quest for Peace. Right, yes. <laughs> which was a disaster on every level. <laughs> oh, I learned a lot about nu- um, yeah, nuclear legislation, I guess. <laughs> it was very much the episode one of um, the Superman films with a lot uh, of unnecessary um, talk about legalities and yeah. legislation and such. Trade disputes. Trade, trade disputes. disputes was uh, episode one. That's right. Yeah. All good. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, we got this grim specter of death, uh, death with uh, a platinum and blonde wig grim on. specter of death. Yeah. Behind these two evil gents discussing how they're going to get the ivory out of here. Uh, of course, they've already started squabbling, you know. I wonder how I can get all this ivory out of here. What do you mean by I? Aren't we partners? I like, I love the conflict that they've just brought into this. Yes, boom. As soon as you see, <laughs> soon as you see more money than you could possibly hope to spend in your lifetime, you start like uh, figuring out how to eliminate the only other person to help you carry it out. The green eyed monster, he latches on. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. Uh, page five. We're, we're we're really we're really going deep. We get very granular with this. <laughs> okay. Uh, Phantomus appears behind them, but she doesn't have the skull face anymore. She's got the evening dress on, not the not the the bikini. And says, "You are partners, partners in death." <laughs> Uh, they are a little bit spooked out by that. She says, As you would, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. They both stand there looking a little bit drumstruck. Um, <laughs> they don't look very worried. Uh, okay, whoever visits the elephant graveyard shall never go out alive. And she reveals that their entrance has been tra- has been blocked. But that doesn't stop them. No, they... Uh, they do two things happen. First, they say, open the arch or we'll kill you. And they try to grab her. They leap for Phantomus' throat, which is not what they appears to be illustrated. But anyway, and she changes into the spooky death version of herself. And then as soon as they realize they can't, they can't kill this woman, they just say, let's get their duels. <laughs> Honestly, first thing I'd think about. Hmm. Well, yeah, not I'll... how are we going to get out of this place, but first, let's get them duels. <laughs> I thought the layout of the panels on this page was a bit confusing. I totally agree. It does not... It, uh, because, once again, this is from the very dawn of comic books. So the whole reading left to right, up and down, was it's more of a zigzag... Yeah. You have to go left, right, left, right, left, right to get the right order of the panels. Mm. Uh, and this is just like a, a consequence of like not being really, there not being any formal rules on how things were laid out at this stage. 
Um, yeah, I mean, once again, the 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 figure work is okay. Like, Fantomas uh, uh, in her human form is like I think it's quite quite a strikingly uh, well rendered woman. He obviously knew what he was doing there. He's seen a lady. He's, he's seen a lady. He's seen what ladies look like. He's got a he's got a grasp of what a lady looks like. Yeah. And then when she goes all skeletony, she's spooky. Hmm. Oh, I just noticed the skeleton arms as well. I thought it was just the head that turned skeleton, but no. Um. Uh, like many things in this comics, there's no real consistency as to how she appears. <laughs> uh, it can change from panel to panel, but yeah, that one she's full skeleton. She goes full skeleton. But as the guys say, who's afraid of skeletons? Come on, <laughs> let's get those jewels. Skeletons, what can they do? Not scary at all. Just clickety clank with their bones together. Yes, indeed. Then they, oh, this is the next page, page six is lovely. It's like they, they uh, rush to the, the the dying elephant or dead um, over these old elephant robes, and it looks a little bit like a uh, a platform level in a computer game where they have some. Clearly delineated squares they can jump on to get to their their target. <laughs> but it sort of it sort of says that there's been like these elephants like even though they know they're dying they're not dying a natural death. Mm. Like they know they know they're dying so they go to this place and they go into the quicksand and drown themselves and, and drown themselves rather than you know wait for the clock to tick out. Yes, so well, I don't know. Like, they're uh, elephants are smart. What can I say? They're probably wiser than us. And yeah, there's multiple robes here, so I suggest that multiple elephants have done this. Yeah, well, they've always they've done it in a straight line, which I can really appreciate the organizational skills of either. <laughs> I just got to make sure line it, line up my corpse with the last corpse, so they all. They all line up well in case someone has to make jump jumps to us. Okay, they jump. Well, like you the... said, they're meant to be smart animals. Indeed, indeed. Uh, early computer programmers. Uh, <laughs> they they leap onto the back of a dead elephant and grab the jewels and somehow carry them to the arch. So this is like when I say grab the jewels, there you may think, hmm, they got a sack of jewels. Well, they got a like a bag of jewels, but this is a ridiculous amount of jewels. Yeah, I think they got one of the old elephant robes, and they've just sort of joined the ends together and then piled it in with jewels and are carrying it, uh, carrying it wherever they can. Yeah, literally, the pile of jewels is bigger than both of their bodies put together. It's both yeah. It, luckily, they they've got they've been given really good muscles. Indeed, they've been working out. Like if they were carrying it with their neck muscles, this would be no problem at all. Mm, yeah, indeed. Okay, uh, they they shove their hands into the pile of jewels. Woohoo! They're super excited. I like uh, that it says they begin estimating the value of the precious stones, and then one of them answers, "This ju- these jewels are worth millions." Yeah. Well, there you go. But at least we're not wondering how much these jewels are worth. Yeah, I mean, well, judging from a pile of jewels that big, you'd imagine they'd be worth a fair amount. But then comes the twist. 
Yes. Uh, we get a payoff from that previous. Um, <laughs> what do you mean by I? Aren't we partners? Yeah, it's been like it's been stewing for two pages, and like the twist is. One of them declares, why should I share this wealth with him? And then just stabs the other guy in the back. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure where he was hiding that knife. Uh, Those pants look really tight. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I can't say I noticed, but now that you mention it, I can't unsee it. That's all I'm uh, here for, to offer things you don't notice. That's nice. Uh, yeah, well, that's just like pays off the character development of these two very well-rounded characters. Um. So yeah, the guy gets the knife buried in, it, buried in his back. The guy in the blue shirt, in case you're wondering. Uh, and then you're thinking, okay, wow, what a twist. I wonder how like how this story is going to end. There must be a couple of pages left. You flip the page, the story goes for another half a page. <laughs> so get ready for a really quick wrap-up, folks. Uh, okay, so the the guy who the guy whose friend his body has disappeared, he says, "Now it's all mine." Panel two, he's half the quicksand. What's happened? I'm sinking. <laughs> panel three, quicksand, help! As he and panel four, he's gone, and Phantom stands there. Phantom stands there and says, "The elephant's graveyard is still a secret." But not to the, the readers. <laughs> and that's the end of the story. But, <laughs> so, yeah, okay. So, uh, two ways to go. Okay, uh, what do you think of that first story there, Tim? It's it's very quick. Like, <laughs> it's um, It definitely put emphasised the short in the short story. Um, it's... Yeah, it's very, like, lots of little plot points that just happen very, very quickly. So it's definitely one you can read, um, yeah, in maybe five minutes. Yeah, um, power through it. It doesn't quite um, live up to the bizarreness that comes later on in these comics. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, there's a few moments, but I think as the uh, comic, the series comes along, yeah, just th- it just gets a little bit more odd with the dialogue and exposition bubbles and such. Okay, yeah. Well, uh, I thought it was a chilling look at uh, morality in the jungle, mm. but I-, I was feeling pretty down. But then I realised I could have a bike. Oh yes, of course, yeah. It was the second it's half a of that page. Ending, but then you see the pr- this advertisement for a bike. Yes. Yes. The Monarch Silver King. I wish I had it. Oh, I could pop so many wheelies on that, bro. <laughs> wow. So I'm not sure uh, how you make money of selling magazines by the looks of it, but yeah, very excited stuff. Uh, and once again, very um, primitive early days of comic books where they would have these... Um, have these schemes where you would sell things sell magazines to earn points to get good stuff mm. uh yeah and apparently you could get a mickey mouse watch by the looks of it too yeah i was trying to work out if what that creature was on the mouse on the watch there it does <laughs> look like mickey mouse it looks very much like mickey mouse 
But uh, I don't think this offer is any valid anymore. So let's skip to the second story. Okay, so we we really went hard on that first one. We mm. uh, we covered a lot of detail. We might have to speed it up so we don't spend all night doing this <laughs> podcast. So I'm going to power ahead. And if at any point there's something you want to point out, mm-hmm. good, bad, or otherwise, just interrupt and say, "Hey, Brad, don't forget this thing." Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> okay. Story two from uh, uh, Jungle Comics number three. Mystery Woman of the Jungle, Phantomar, by Barclay Flagg, a.k.a. Fletcher Hanks. Okay. So apparently there's uh, two white men are planning to rob the jungle of its most sacred treasure, the jewels of the Great Avenger. So we open, there's a plane, looks good and there's apparently a, a an amazing city in the middle of the jungle which is what of course jungles are known for their cities mm, uh, of course city of gold c- containing the sacred jewels of the great avenger uh as they fly overhead two men say look there's a secret city we're hunting for <laughs> we must find a place to land i'm guessing his name's captain obvious yes indeed well, he's a, he's a, an actual captain. Yeah, uh, yeah. he, he actually owns that title. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, the plane lands, and they're being watched by an invisible phantom RV. Uh, the caption tells us, which is great, because he doesn't have to draw a phantom because he said <laughs> she's invisible. Uh, it's so actually it's just, a really good way of getting around from, you know, not having to do too difficult art. <laughs> exactly right. Okay, the two guys, they look very similar to the last two guys in the previous story. Same and necks. Same necks, same hats. Uh, and same scheme, which is to let's steal some jewels. Hmm. White so, men just love stealing jewels. That's, that's what us white men love. Ugh. We're all about it. Okay. So they they find their way through the dense undergrowth. Uh, yeah, it's like not terrible jungle pitches. And they come to the city. Uh, the keen senses of a native guard detect the presence of white men. Okay, I'm not going to talk about the uh, racial politics of 1939. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know the guard is very from... muscular. He is. He looks actually a lot more attractive and, uh, well, a lot better than the the white guys in this story. Hmm. So I guess that's something. That's something. It's it's progressive for its time. I guess so. Oh boy, we're going to hell. <laughs> oh boy. Ah. Oh. Luckily, on the next page, the soft purr of his juju drums sounds a warning. I love that that language. There's two examples of good language in this. The soft purr of his juju drums. Uh, <laughs> yes. We'll read through the and right at the end of the page is a great one, and I'll point it out when we get there. Oh yes, well we, we, we it shall not take too long. <laughs> uh, so they, they prepare for invasion. Phantom uh, appears on page and draws nearer to the city as she flies. Okay, so this is a jungle girl who flies. Just so you know. That's, I, I don't think she had demonstrated that power in the previous story. No, I'm trying to think of what power she actually... Like, was she invisible in the first one? 
Uh, no, she just turned into a skull person. Yeah, so we know she can turn yeah, she, invisible. She yeah. can fly. She can and make, turn into a scary skeleton. Yeah, oh, well, she can not make, scary. Uh, entrances disappear. That's the other thing. The other mm, power oh, yes. show. And the power to say like uh, ominous things when people drown. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, and she can keep elephant graveyard secrets. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Uh, it's more of a hobby than a power, I think. But uh, let, yeah. why split? Why split ends? Why split? <laughs> why split hairs? Uh, look at that. Look at that city, all gold and jewels. We must take a chance for the reward. It will be worth it. Uh, I wonder how they're going to do that. Well, luckily, um, Captain Obvious says, right, all right, we'll drive them off with our Tommy guns. Uh, then the, the, the uh, interlopers are pelted with uh, arrows. And this is, there's a lot of arrows in this uh, panel. Quite a few arrows. They, don't, they look more like they're arrows pointing at them rather than arrow like arrows being shot from a bow yeah like, there's look they're over here that's where they are the perspective is well off that's all i gotta <laughs> say about that uh some of those either that or some of those arrows are freaking ginormous mm. uh okay large. rather large however then there's the final panel which I'm uh, for final caption, which I'm sure you'd like to uh, reveal. Oh yeah, that. I thought it was just a marvelous use of language, the, like just descriptive language. The machine, like the machine gun shoots, right? Yes. No, yes. um, old old Fletcher here, he decides to go for the machine's guns belch death among the primitive men. I just thought, yeah. wow, what a sentence that is! It's just such great use of descriptive language, like. This, I very think evocative. this page is where that ends, sort of. It starts and ends. <laughs> like the yeah. soft purr of his juju drum and yeah. then the machine guns belch death. It's, then, that's about the heights of literature here, really, of um, Fletcher's career. And then it becomes a lot more like perfunctory language where he's <laughs> just saying what's happened. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so the crooks are unable to endure the fierce onslaught and are driven back into the jungle. Uh, one of them helpfully says, we'll have to figure out another plan. Oh, but they have a plan, and this is like where it starts to go. <laughs> this is it's a crazy an plan. plan. This is a crazy plan. Okay, so I'll throw it to you there, uh, Tim. If you're in a jungle... And you had to get into a, a secret city. What would your plan be? Look for a back door, or uh, uh, honestly, I'd shit myself and hope they'd take pity on me. <laughs> okay, um, but <laughs> this is why you'll never be a supervillain. It's it's why I'll never be able to make it far in the world of comics. Okay. Um, but I quite like their plan is much more inventive. They've definitely prepared for this scenario. They have it feels like one they've. It's not just like a plan they've just sort of developed. It's just a sudden. Oh, by the way, we could always do this. Yes. Well, if, for those of you who are playing at home, of course they have prepared their secret injection containing the dreaded green death germs that kill men in a few hours. So having their uh, green death germs that they have ready to inject into something. They decide to catch a mandrel, a sacred mandrel, 
Okay. A sacred one. I like the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, obviously. And inject the animal with germs, and then it'll go into the city, and it'll spread the plague, and everyone will die, and then they can go in and get the jewels. Simple. It's very interesting. Like, when I... When they explained the plan, the first things I thought of were, first of all, the the Trojan horse. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a version of that, but it's probably closer to the um, pox blankets that the um, um, uh, white American colonialists used on the Native Americans. Mm. Infected them and tried to commit genocide with that. So it was, I want to say that's where he got his inspiration from. I don't know if inspiration has anything to do with what's going on in this page. <laughs> I don't know. I feel really inspired by this, to be honest. Okay, okay. Especially this last panel. Oh, yeah. Okay, so they capture, they capture the mandrel, they inject it, and the animal begins to froth at the mouth, and you'd think, okay, it's got some froth around its mouth. No, it's like... It's like it it's looks a, like it's vomiting milk. It's like, yeah, it looks like it's shooting shaving foam out of its mouth. It's just... It's crazy. Oh, God. It's an excessive amount, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's how frothing at the mouth works, but... No, I I mean, I haven't seen it in real life. I haven't experienced it, but I'm pretty sure this is it. Okay. If you can't, if you have not, if someone listening to this and does not have access to this comic... Imagine a mandrel. Okay, so here you also, go. Also, Google what a mandrel is. Google, and then imagine a mandrel wearing a Santa beard, a Santa's yes. beard. Because the Santa's beard is the throttling at the mouth. It's just Pretty like much. a huge, bushy pile of stuff coming out. Oh, boy. Okay, so once again, their brilliant plan. Uh, they they take the mandrel who has been injected with this uh, green death uh, germs, but they have no protection against it. They just like sort of pointed in the direction they want it to go, and off it goes uh, to kill the native guards, or spit uh, milk at them, or something. Spit milk at them, or something. Yeah. So the guards flee and they run in their fantastic uh, ballet esque. Uh, poses uh, into the secret Just city. screaming, oh, I'm lactose intolerant, please. <laughs> In they go, and they find the jewels. But there's a twist. You know that we're only three pages into the story, and already there's a, another twist. <laughs> At the end of the page, there's a single panel saying, meanwhile, the sacred mandrel is mysteriously cured and stands in a protective aura. Wow, it was it 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 felt like a very sudden thing to happen as well. I think it, we can add a few more powers to Fantoma's uh, list. One is uh, curing uh, curing animals of disease. And that's a very helpful thing to have in the time of coronavirus. It is indeed, and being able to cr- create protective auras around are, things. Yeah. I wonder how that compares to all the vaccines being developed at the moment. Uh, it's probably more effective because it's clearly magic. Oh, yes, <laughs> of course. And we are limited by science, limited <laughs> by the actual possibility and not just uh, a crazy comic writer saying, well, this is what happens. Uh, 
Okay, speaking of, uh, what do you think of the uh, look of this uh, statue, which is co- crusted in jewels? It made me think of, um, oh, what's the name of the blue Indian god? Um, Indian style. It is Vishnu. It is. It's Lord Vishnu. Yeah, it, it yeah looks quite a bit like Lord Vishnu holding a snowball. Yeah. Hmm. I'm not sure if that's the um, the Great Avenger jewel. Yeah. Big snowball. Yeah, I, I guess it must be. It doesn't really look like a jewel. It does look like, as you said, a snowball or perhaps a big wadded up uh, pile of tissue paper. Or, or it could be the milk that the mandrel spat out. Uh, it could be. It could be the Santa beard that fell off. <laughs> we, shall, we shall see. Uh, next is page six. Uh, and this is where it starts going a little bit. Once again, you're thinking, okay, what's going to happen here? Uh, and this is another story that just hurtles towards a conclusion with unbelievable speed. <laughs> uh, the greedy men scramble for the jewels. A, a, a similar aura follows them. So this is a similar protective aura, I guess. I think so. I'm not sure if it's a... Oh, yeah, it does say a similar aura follows them. There you go. Hey, photo so might have been... Maybe it's a protective what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And boom. Fantoma is there. And then she warns them, helpfully, not to touch, touch the jungle's sacred treasures. The two guys, of course, being idiots, say, never mind her, get the jewels. They obviously uh, never read the first issue. They did not, even though, I, as far as I can tell, they featured in it. Um, <laughs> Fanima goes all skull-facey and again warn you, if you ignore my warnings, you shall pay the penalty. And it's a uh, very creative one. It's like, what? Tim, tell me what's happening here. Help me out. Well, I think she must have um, several auras. So I've got yes. a protective aura. Then we uh, had a, a similar aura. Yeah. And now we've got a terrifying aura. Yeah. And now our two antagonists get surrounded within this aura and they begin to shapeshift. Yeah, yeah. Um, as the uh, author points out, uh, helpfully, very yeah. rapidly. Yes. I'm, obviously, I'm not disputing the time that it's taken by this transformation. I'm just saying, what the... What are they turned into? Are they are they the Grinch who stole Christmas? I don't know. Are they like insect men? Is, they I, kind I, of make me think of um, from um, Space Ghost. Um, oh, um, the, the, the grasshopper guy. guy. Yeah. They make me think of him. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not going to look that one up. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they've turned into these weird mantis-looking insect people things, I think. Next page, like, uh, we, there's, they're all about, the, he's all about the aura in this story. So, aura. Very uh, easy to draw an aura. Yeah, indeed. Uh, all the jewels get put placed back. The guards come back to their station. Now, this is the thing that I just do not understand. Uh, Fandama takes the transformed men back to their plane, tells them off, and 
And they fly says, away in their plane. They fly away in their plane. Well, they're still insect people. So what? what's going to happen to them when they get home? She's She has a very interesting um, lessons to teach people by the... Like, she's got very... Like, the first one seemed very standoffish. It was just block the entrance and let nature do its work. Yeah, let, let re- greedy uh, ivory hunters die of their own stupidity. I mean, it's like standard uh, jungle story, sort of like uh, operating procedure, as it were. But then here she she seems to have, um, yeah, seems to be feeling a bit more creative, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Like, ugh. No doors to close. Well, I guess I'll do this. Change them into weird, weird insect creatures with loopy legs and then send them home. What the hell? It's like, I don't understand. What I do like is that they learned a lesson this time. (laughs) Captain Uh, Obvious says, crime doesn't seem to pay. And the and other guy says, as you're right. Oh, so good. It's like the tritest of lessons to learn from this. Not like our lives are an unending vision of hell from this point on. That's <laughs> that's what I would have learned from that. Well, I, I will... feel like they could market this. They could profit from looking like hideous uh, bug men. Uh, maybe. All I would be thinking is, I'll never know the love of a woman again. Oh, who needs that when you're swimming in cash? <laughs> True that. Well, they didn't even get any cash. <laughs> oh, oh, they're going to. They're going to make so much money okay. just from being bug people. I mean, King Kong, he got... Well, he didn't get loads of money, but someone did. I, I guess so. Yeah. A Universal or some some uh, movie company did. Okay, so there we go. There's the second, uh, second story out of the road. We're halfway through our joint journey through the world of Fletcher Hanks. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mystery Woman of the Jungle, Phantoma. Okay, and this is the third story, and it starts uh, with Phantoma sitting in a tree uh, with a duplicate, sort of like a, a body double of her with the, the skull face there. And they both seem to have their spider senses tingling. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Uh, once again, a very attractive woman. Uh, like, I don't know who he modeled this on, but it's an attractive woman. And then there's a creepy skull woman there as well. It's like, uh, I feel mixed up inside. <laughs> uh, okay, so as a famous scientist, who I don't think they even bother giving a name, but he is described as a famous scientist working on a secret serum of great power. He tells his assistants he will be able to give... Uh, apes and give them brains superior to any man's. And then he describes his full plan. I'll make a race of beast men to co- with intelligence enough to conquer the world. Through my serum, I control them all. Thus, I shall become the head of a great world empire. It's so, a, it's an elaborate plan. He's, it's Personally, I would have tried to do things for profits. I mean, maybe become a CEO, because that seems to have the most power compared well, maybe. to evil emperor. Maybe. Or maybe just, like, maybe his original plan was to steal some jewels, but he sees that that doesn't work. Oh, well, I think they're the different guys, because he obviously has a moustache. Yeah, so I'm not saying it's the same guy. I'm just saying he saw 
a couple of weird insect people come back and said, nope, stealing jewels, not on. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'll just try and conquer the world instead. Uh, so two weeks later, there's a whiplash. Uh, they're, they're heading into the dense jungle. They're looking for Gorgon gorillas. Uh, I'll say this. Um, Fletcher, is do- he does good airplanes. His airplanes are pretty good. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so... It's a solid-looking he- airplane. Okay, the scientist explains that he doesn't want the apes, uh, doesn't want the gorillas harmed. Uh, they land at the Afri- African village Amamba, which I'm pretty sure is just a made-up word. Uh, okay. They get some guides to take them into the jungle, into the Gorgon Gorilla region. Uh, and as they make their way in there, there is a familiar flying woman-like figure hovering above them as they go into the jungle. Yes, I'm pretty sure we established she can fly. Yes. Oh, she did fly those guys back to their plane. She did, that's right. So she can fly herself, she can fly other people, she can aura, she can, she can, uh, she can skeletonize herself, she can seal entrances um, uh, and heal, heal animals. Yeah. Um, heal animals, yeah. And she, uh, I believe on the previous page, she, what did she see? She, she sees off in a far-off laboratory. Mm. So she can yes. see into laboratories from very far away. That's remote viewing. Just laboratories. <laughs> Just laboratories yeah. at this stage. Very can you see this bank? Power. Nope. <laughs> oh, is, boy. So, is the bank a lab? No. Well, then, nope. Fair cop, fair cop. It's in the text. We can't argue with that. There's rules. Okay. <laughs> Getting to page three here. They enter the gorilla country and they dig a hole and set up a bamboo cage to go over the top. It's very elaborate. It's a nice looking cage for bamboo. It is. They've, they've, I got, they've got great craft skills, these guys. Um, and one of a trained guide uses his reed pipe, an artificial gorilla call, to attract the big apes. And a line of apes walks out. And what I love about these apes is that they all have exactly the same pose as they're walking along. We're all thumping their chests. It's like a, It looks a bit like a Monty Python sort of animation where they're all identically marching forward like i'm pretty i wonder what technique he used to do this i don't know if he drew them exactly the same four times because i'm pretty sure this would have been before copy paste but that's exactly what it looks like well in the old days they had a thing called tracing paper so he could have just of like of course traced and then or mum's baking paper yes indeed <laughs> Um, so yeah, the comically aligned uh, gorillas fall also hilariously into the hole. It looks like they're basically, uh, it's just so Monty Python cartoon the way they look. The first one has fallen over, the second one, it's like an arc of apes falling into a hole. Yeah, there's five of them there, but the next panel says, We have trapped four of them, Doctor. Well, look, Fletcher Hanks, he was the writer and artist. He can't possibly be expected to know exactly what he's drawing from panel to panel. He's not a numbers guy. He's not a numbers guy. He's, he's, a, he's an ideas man. 
the uh, the professor says, fine, now I'll make the experiment. I don't think that's how people talk either, but we'll see how we go. Okay, so uh, next page, he uh, one of the one of the gorillas uh, climbs out, and the professor grabs his arm and sticks him with his uh, secret serum. Uh, he says, "Now we wait for a reaction." And this is like creepy. <laughs> it is. It, he makes me think of um, Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. The gorilla gradually changes expression. He begins to stare at the scientist like a slave admiring his master. What the? F not the best language. Um, I'm not. I didn't know there was um, an admiral relationship. I think this is just a way. It's like uh, I don't like to badmouth dead people, but this is racist as a AF. You know, <laughs> it's like. It's like uh, this is not this is not a positive thing. Uh, so no. let's skip over that. Uh, this is a th I'm going to say yeah, that's not a thing, guys. However, redeems themselves in the next panel. <laughs> okay, yes. This little um, this speech bubble. Yes. Well, far away. Read it out for us, Tim. Okay, so I got Phantoma. She's flying over everyone, and she shouts, "This white fiend must be stopped." Indeed, she's she's it's like uh, a Dave Chappelle sketch, really. Indeed, <laughs> it's a little bit of that, isn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I guess she's colorblind. I don't know. Uh, because I thought she, she is, was white. She is. Know. She is a blonde white woman. Yeah. Does this mean that she is what they call these days a Karen? You know, that's a good question. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if she comes into a Bunnings citing the Human Rights Act or anything. <laughs> of course, but she would just surround everyone with auras and turn them into, like, I don't know, insect people yeah. and then make them drown in quicksand. Excuse me, man. You have to wear a mask. This yeah. white fiend must be stopped. Oh God. Oh. Uh, okay. The serum takes more effect, and the gorilla begins roaring loudly. Uh, and soon, a lot of gorillas, which are all in silhouette, so he doesn't have to draw them, appear. Uh, so, is it only the one that received the serum? I believe so. So he received the serum and he sort of became the the leader. Yes. Yes, and that shall we uh, that shall become even more disturbing shortly on the next page. Yes. The uh, the scientist explains that he's calling the other gorillas, and he says, "Get the serum, and we can inject them." But as he speaks, a form suddenly appears before the scientist and issues a warning. Phantoma appears with two heads in this picture, one skull, one regular. Uh, tells, uh, if you try to carry out your plans, you shall die a jungle death. Which I feel like is worse, like from the previous comics we've read, I feel like is worse than any regular death. Oh, definitely. Definitely. But uh, then, yeah, Phantoma just disappears. Uh, so... And the guy, the scientist says, who was that meddler, Mac? <laughs> and everybody <laughs> says, I don't know. 
Uh, but he points out that all of their guides are running away. Because they, they know... They know her. They know not to fuck with Fantoma. Uh, because she will fuck you up, as we will see shortly. Uh, gorillas begin appearing from all directions and come straight towards the cage. Uh, and the scientist says, "You must tell." Says to the ape who is now intelligent, "You must tell them to stand still while I eject them." To which the ape replies, "Yes, master." And Very this is... quick grasp of English. I don't know if that's a side effect of the um the serum. Oh man, this is this is nightmare fuel that, that went from being a regular ape to a talking ape in like one page. Oh, uh, is this um oh wait, what was the um is this Caesar? I think it might be. It's like oh boy, but he's worse. He's a turncoke Caesar. He's totally bought into the the scientist's white agenda. Oh, the white fiends. The white fiends, ah! Uh, the, the gorillas roar and the others line up quietly. Oh, boy. This is, like, disturbing stuff. Uh, he injects them all with a serum. And he says, over his shoulder, give me more serum, Mac. In ten days, I'll have a super race. But Mac knows what he's doing. He's like, I'm not, He just. he's just head for the hills. He's out of there. Yeah, I'm done with flying skullhead lady. Yes, he says. I, I don't want to be a white fiend. Okay, well, doesn't work out for him though. The scientist noticed that he's making a making a break for it. Says that dirty deserter. I'll fix him. Shoots him in and the back of the head. Very disposable. Very disposable. <laughs> then we come to the next panel, which is like oh, even worse. Now we have a, a army of apes. And he's just giving them guns. So one for you, and one for you, and one for you. Oh, God. Horrific stuff. So, uh, yes. Uh, Phantoma, invisible, watches the now super gorillas rush towards the village. So he's t- the scientist tells them to uh, kill every man, woman, and child. Uh, yeah, it's some pretty heinous stuff. Yes, indeed. Uh, this is his plan to take over the world by starting by wiping out the population of a village. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I don't know what, how his plan's going to work out in the long run. Okay. Uh, I guess, you, like Drake said, you got to start from the bottom. <laughs> okay. Can't argue with Drake. Can't argue with Drake. I mean, he is a chart topper. Yes, indeed. So Phantom sees the. the just like the expression on the gorilla's face is not good rushing down the hill with his gun. She sees the villagers fleeing terrified. Uh, okay. The, the scientist very, uh, very rationally says at the top of the next page, torture every resistor, twist off their heads. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would probably shout that in a fight. <laughs> I'm gonna twist your head off. You, I can't imagine you being in a fight, Tim. Oh yeah, it would never happen. Like, like I said uh, with the previous comic, I'd shit myself and hope I get pity. Okay. Well, that might work. Well, I think the uh, I think the scientist is about to learn your tactic. <laughs> 
Phantoma appears. She says, you shall die by your own evil creation. <laughs> uh, she flies him up into the air. We know he can do that. She says, down below is your demonized army of gorillas. <laughs> and she drops him on top of him. Uh, and then uh, could you describe the second last panel of this page? Yes. So it looks to me like they're tearing him limb from limb. But the way it's drawn, it's sort of um, a, a big huddle of gorillas at the bottom. Uh, at the top is Phantoma flying uh, and saying, and your scrum too shall be destroyed. I think it's supposed to be serum. Serum? There yeah. you go. That would make more sense. <laughs> that, that would make a lot more sense than scrum. Yeah, but in I between, there's like a few limbs that look like they've been torn off. Yeah. But they're not very detailed. So it it's... does look a little bit like someone's torn apart uh, a act, like an action man figure or something yeah. like that. His, his violence isn't as detailed as his threats. That's true. Ah, okay. She so used uh, final panel. So we're wrapping it up. So the guy, the scientist who was a rotter, we can all agree is literally torn apart by the gorillas. Uh, Phantoma uses her jungle restoration ray, uh, sorry, restorative, restorative ray. As opposed to a um, an aura. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, as opposed to an aura. Uh, and the apes become normal. And she says, go back to your region and stay. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so... We're we're heading into the the more weird outside art sort of like narratives now. So what what are your what are your thoughts on this story there, Tim? Yeah, well, I thought the the language got even better with this one. You know, okay. it's, uh, some things like like the um down below you is your demonized army of gorillas. That's such a great speech bubble there. Mm. Um. It's yeah. um yeah, once again, weirdly plotted, but he he just seems to be really leaning into having them say very strange things. Yeah. I think there's a definite theme here of like people doing bad stuff or like yeah. like to varying degrees of badness. So the first story, you know, they just wanted to steal some jewels from dead an animals and then they drowned in quicksand. Mm. Second one, they want to steal jewels and, like, I don't know, get give people the green disease. And, and then they're turned into, like, for me, that seems like worse than just wanting to take um, jewels from dead animals. And then they got the guys easy. that took the jewels, that tried to take the jewels, but then got turned into bug people. Yeah. Um, so that it seems, seems like, like it's hmm? very, it seems like a very, um, eco-minded sort of storytelling here it, uh, all the villains are trying to take advantage of these rainforests uh, this jungle sorry um and they all get it in the end whether it be the the green-eyed monster that is jealousy or uh phantom the literal green-eyed monsters of being an insect person yeah it's I, I feel like he's very environmentally conscious this um Fletcher, Fletcher Hank Senior. Yeah. Well, 
let's see our final story. And let, as I may have mentioned, uh, yeah, as I mentioned earlier, Fletcher Hanks did about fifty stories over the three years he's working. So he started working in comics at the very beginning of uh, the art form in the late thirties. He worked for three years and then stopped, and that's that's it. He did fifty mm. stories, and they're all they're all preoccupied with the strange sort of like punishment of the guilty through I don't know if you'd say this is like ironic means or anything like that just by brutal means if, if it were yeah it's um he it does have a feel of nihilism in regards to that yeah. in regards to the men in this uh, these comics yeah like they all come to very bad ends yeah and the um, hero, his heroes like Phantom are, are all not, not what you would call uh, well-rounded characters. They just exist as a means to punish these people for yeah. what they've done. They, they don't no know mercy. She's she's not a merciful. Um, uh, there's no woman. personality um, beyond I must destroy. <laughs> I must destroy the bad guys. It's, she's very much like an Old Testament version of God, really. Very much so, very much so. Well, very, I think I did yeah. read that Hank Fletcher's father was a minister, like a southern minister. Yes. So That's, probably... I did see that, so it wouldn't make sense there. That's probably where he develops these very, very black and white morals, really. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, okay, uh, so as to why... Fletcher Hanks stopped doing comics. No one really knows. Apparently, he was an alcoholic and a crazy man. I don't know. But yeah, everything we seem to know about the guy comes from his son, Fletcher Hank Jr. Yep. Uh, and he doesn't have very nice things to say about his dad. Yes, unfortunate. I did read, um, I think this is what he said. Um, he was a wife-beating drunk who... Um, Abandoned their, abandoned his family, and on the way out stole his ten-year-old son's savings. Sounds like a real charmer. Yeah. So, um, don't have heroes, kids. Okay. <laughs> maybe he was like, maybe all these stories come from a place of self-loathing. He's like, I deserve, I deserve to be ripped apart by demonized apes. Yeah, a demonized army of apes. Yes, or um, be turned into. I quite like the punishment in this final uh, comic. It's very peculiar. Oh, well, so this is actually one that approaches actual irony, irony yes. in its uh, thing. Okay, so Mystery Woman of the Jungle, Phantom R, Part 4. Okay, she's remarkable. She can do things. Uh, she uh, avenges the evil deeds against the jungle born, says the intro. Starts with her flying above the jungle. And she sees a shooting star heading for Earth. It's an asteroid that hits the ground. Okay. Uh, as a secret scientist sees, uh, sees the site and feels the shock. And I think this backs up your, uh, your contention that she has an ability to see into laboratories. Yes, yes, she has the power to see in laboratories. Nowhere else. Yes, Just okay. laboratories from far away. Okay, and she says, Mundor has seen it. I'll have to watch that clever fiend. 
So she's seen into this laboratory before because she does know the guy in there. Well, they, they may have gone to high school together. I, I couldn't say. Yeah, yeah. Could have been um a prom date. Mm, yes. Oh, boy. I think this wine is starting to get to me. Let's roll on. <laughs> okay. Uh so Mundor is going to visit the asteroid and he goes there and he finds giant skeletons, gigantic humans and still more gigantic reptiles. And then this is a bit which, like, uh, I have a trouble with. He's, he finds a, a plant growing out of the, uh, the meteor. Now, I can accept that, you know, somehow a plant survives a meteor entering the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But... He recognizes it. Yeah, he, he knows this plant. Um, it's the plant I've been knows hunting. Knows it by name. Yes, it's the plant I've been hunting for all my life. The super vitamin plant. <laughs> so. I want to say he came up with the name without help. <laughs> it's like, this is yeah. definitely his idea. Yeah, he, uh, he wrote it on the, the cover of his uh, exercise book in high school. <laughs> Like super vitamin plant, yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so he's a, so he figures out, and then he finds eggs of giant reptiles. Hmm. So oh, we like, should also clear up the super vitamin plants. He theorize, he hypothesizes that um that the large skeletons that he found uh cons- subsisted on a diet of the super vitamin plant, and that's, that's why, why they're, they're so big. large. Yep. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> Hard to argue with that sort of logic. <laughs> okay, so uh, so the, he's find giant reptile eggs, which are unharmed, luckily enough, mm. and decides he can use these eggs to conquer the jungle and enslave all the inhabitants. So we've gone, taken a step down from world domination here. Just the jungle. Just a jungle debt. Domination. We saw what happened with the last guy. He tried to destroy a village and then he got torn apart by demonized army of apes. Yeah. uh, So he wants to start small. uh, You could say he was. uh, What's it? Oh, yes. He he died by his own evil creation if you wanted to. Mm. Um, Okay. But Fanima, she knows what's going on. She's reading his mind. So add that to her list of powers. Reads minds? Yes, Fanima, um, recording his thought vibration, understands his plans. Oh, not yeah. reading his mind, just his thought vibrations. Yeah. So I assume they come from his mind. It could be, that's just my uh, post- postulation. So, wait, is he giving off va- bad vibes? I think so. <laughs> oh, so. oh, these bad vibes. So she's there in a little evening dress, like a negligee and bathing suit mm. combination in this picture. Um, she says he is planning to invade and conquer the jungle with his hypnotized giant reptiles. Okay. Okay. I can, plan. I, can, I can accept that he's, he wants to make giant reptiles. I can accept that he's found a super vitamin plant. Where do you learn to hypnotize reptiles? Yeah, hard to say. I mean, um, the Iggy Pop song "Lust for Life" does um, state that there are you can hypnotize chickens. Well, okay. Well, Max um, Walker, the uh, the cricketer, also said the same thing. But 
That doesn't not uh, reptiles are not chickens. No, well, isn't um, I mean, didn't chickens evolve from uh, dinosaurs? Okay, you're right, Tim. You've 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 outwitted me yet again. <laughs> yes. I guess the story checks out. Yes, I'm now the lizard god. <laughs> oh God! Uh, oh, please, please have mercy. Well, what did he god. say at the previous panel? I I shall make myself a tyrant ruler and a merciless dictator. Well, uh, the night is still young. Okay, so <laughs> next page. Uh, after careful hatching, the clever Mondor hatches. Uh, watching, actually. After careful watching, the clever Mondor hatches out the reptile eggs. And he says, they have all hatched. Yeah, and he, and he takes really good care of them, really. It... He, he feeds them a juice from the leaves of the super vitamin plant, and they get really big. Yeah. Look, there's, even, there's a little panel of one of the baby ones lapping up the, the the super vitamin plant juice. Yeah, it's sort of cute. It's a... Uh, um, yeah, it's... And it grows up. Yeah. Honestly, I'd probably find more fulfillment from that than being a, a terrible dictator. Well, this guy is like... He's got a long-term plan. It don't, I don't know how long it takes for the the reptiles to grow to full size. Say several weeks and a few more weeks, so let's say a couple of months of mm. caring for these gigantic creatures. He also points out that he has a not only does he is he hypnotizing them and feeding them the super growth stuff, he's also giving them a mixture of adrenaline and a secret jungle drug, which makes their hides bulletproof and bombproof and will unable to bleed or feel the effects of any gas. Yeah, it's. Some good stuff. It needs to be... If anything, he should... He'd make a killing out of that compared to becoming a jungle dictator. Yeah. Well, I guess the heart wants what it wants. <laughs> so, and he wants to jung conquer the jungle. So he's sitting there next to his full-grown beasties. He's ready to conquer the jungle. But he's not done yet. The last final touch is that he smears phosphorus mixture over the great reptiles. Yeah. Says, it doesn't say what the point is of that is. Oh, it, it does says, say. Oh, I mean, it does, but it doesn't... I'm not sure. I thought they were pretty terrifying beforehand, but... Oh, he's making them terrifying by making them glow in the dark. Right. Okay. So that that might be why. <laughs> okay. Oh, jeez, the glow in dark lizard. <laughs> You know, startled. You think one that was as big as a house would be terrifying enough without being glow in the dark? Oh but, hell! Oh, this gecko that glows in the dark would be terrifying. Well, startling at least. Very much so. So if you times it by ten with the size, that would probably times ten by the startling, which would probably be terrifying. So yeah, I guess it checks out. Once well, well played, Fletcher Hanks, you win again. <laughs> Okay, so his first plan is to attack the palace of Prince Abdul and capture his wealth. He sends the the glow-in-the-dark lizards to go as soon as the lights go out. And they're uh, just walking around glowing-in-the-dark, these fucking yeah. lizards. They attack the, the, the city, uh, the, the palace, as the case may be, and suddenly... Uh, it's Fantoma. She shows up. I assume so. It's not very clear what's happening in that panel, but no, it's um, 
It just says suddenly a flash appears over the palace. And we can um, assume that it's supposed to be the outline of Phantoma. I think so, in within that uh, little flash bubble, I guess it is. Could be a prop. Um, it's hard to say. It looks more like a gun. True. Or a model spaceship. A model spaceship. We can um, play this game all day. But it does not look like a sexy lady, so mm. um, I feel like on this page he sort of forgot what sexy ladies look like. Maybe he lost his reference book. Yeah. Like, oh, shit! i got to go out and buy an old copy so I know what she looks like. Indeed. Okay, but uh, much like the rapture, the citizens, the residents of the village are risen up into the sky with the palace uh, in the air, out of reach of the reptiles. And uh, Phantomo comes down, has a little chin mag with, wag with Mundor, uh, and she says, you must call them off, otherwise I, you shall die a jungle death. And it has been established. That's yeah. Awesome. They're not pleasant. would no. not recommend them to my friends. No. They do. They get uh, one star on Yelp from me. <laughs> uh, okay. So, Mandor, he doesn't care. He just wants riches. So, he, send, he tells his uh, lizards to jump up and grab for the vaults. Well, specifically, he says to leap. So I've got leaping lizards. Oh, oh, well played. <laughs> well played. I workshopped that. That's excellent. <laughs> so we've got the leaping lizards. Uh, uh, and then, yeah, they, they managed to wreck the palace, but the vaults are still up there and they can't get in. And then uh, I don't know what Mondor thinks he's going to get out of this, but uh, Phantomus comes down and says, you are doomed. And I'm guessing he is. Okay. And eventually half a page later, he says, look, uh, this isn't working. Let's just go to the great city. We'll get these vaults later. Mm. So through the jungle, the, the great creatures plunge uh, towards the city. The, the, as we all know, uh, jungles are famous for their cities. Oh, yeah. Some of the great cities. New York, um, Los Angeles, uh, London. France, uh, Paris. Yeah, Paris. Paris. I uh, mean, Milan. the Tower, if anything, is just a big tree. It is a big metal tree. Uh, Mount did establish there are vines in Paris. Oh, uh, yes. And I believe there's werewolves of London. Um, I, I don't know so. how it relates. And, you know, um, oh, and there's the um, Guns N' Roses song, Welcome to the Jungle. So, oh, yeah. in a way. And that's on the same album as Paradise City, ergo. Paradise Jungle. Paradise Jungle. Perfect. Okay. So, the uh, the wealthy city uh, in, the, in the city of Simbora, people are busy at their tasks and they say, look, <laughs> look. The end of the world. Oh, shit. I guess painting them in the Savoir the Dark really paid off there. And everyone <laughs> was just like, what the hell are we looking at here? Oh, this wasn't in the Bible. Oh, God. It's all over. Forget about it. 
game over, man. Game over. <laughs> uh, they, the guards begin firing on, on them with their rifles, but the creatures don't care. Next page. Oh, I'm pretty sure from the um, the mixture of adrenaline and the, was it secret jungle drug? That's right. It's, yeah. like, it's like the plotting is airtight. Yeah. <laughs> like, established yeah. It's an unforgettable fact. Yes. Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's, yeah, you, there's no goofs here. This is all, there's no fat. It's all muscle and sinew. <laughs> um, okay. Just as they reach the gates, Phantomar greets them. She's taught, they are, of course, referring to giant lizards. And then she just uh, changes form. So she changes to a skeleton face. And the creatures become terrified. And she says, return to your asteroid. And they sort of slink away, and they look a little bit sheepish about what they've done. Uh, they feel bad. Like, yeah. despite all the super vitamin plants, they also know, um, you know, when they've done wrong. Yeah, so, okay. Okay, it was, it was fun, but I, we went too far. Yeah. They're bulletproof, but they're not immune to, you know, shame. being disparaged. No, they're not immune to shame. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Phantoma uh, uh, says your hypnotic power have, over them has been destroyed, Mundor. Love that name. It's an interesting one. It is indeed. Um, is he a doctor? Uh, well, I assume so, yeah. Oh. I think that was what they said at the start of the thing. Like they didn't really the tell us about his doctorate. It just, I mean, he has a laboratory, but uh, it's a it seems like anyone can really own one. It's a doctorate of English literature, I believe. Ah, uh, yes, okay. He knows his tol um his uh Dickens. His Dickens and his Tolkien. I think you you got to say Tolkien. I was going to say Tolstoy, but I was like, no, he's Russian. Oh, uh, this is, yeah, I guess uh, translation, etc. I'll I'll allow it. <laughs> okay, Mundell chases after his his giant lizards, uh, but uh. Phantomus is like, no, 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 you're coming with me. You have a weird lesson to learn. Yeah, you have a very weird lesson to learn. Okay. She says, you wanted to be the ruler of the jungle. Instead, you shall have a whole star to, a whole star to rule. And they all rush back to the asteroid. Mundor says, what are you going to do to me? Uh, she throws them on the asteroid with the reptiles, and then throws it back into outer space using her uh, mind powers? Um, I'm guessing it's one of her auras. I guess so. It's probably not her restorative ray. I don't think it would be, no. Unless restoring it to back in, being back in the sky is how it works. Mm. Okay, it's, it's multiple interpretations of restorative. Okay, very creative. I mean, this is the man who said that machine guns belch death. Indeed. Under Phantom's power, it darts back into space. You shall have the reptiles to yourself, Mundor. And the story ends with the asteroid back in space, the palace rebuilt, and uh, Phantom flying off into the night. And, oh boy, what, there we go. I think this is my favourite of the four. Okay, well, what what what's uh, what attracts you to it? So, well, I thought it was 
um, it, it, um, Fletcher definitely got adventurous with this. He started off with just following elephants to, and they went into quicksand. Mm. Um, this, this one, it's it sort of expands the universe a bit. It shows yeah. us there's giant creatures. We know this about the jungle now. There's giant creatures. There's yeah. lizards yeah. that glow in the dark. Um, jungle drugs. We know there's a lot of different plants in the jungle as well. And I felt yeah. like if you continued this series, we could have learned more about these different plants. Oh, like, uh, Tim, there's so many more stories <laughs> with Phantomus in it. Yeah. like it, Oh, there's more than just these four, is there? Oh, there's so many more. Oh, wow. I'll, okay. I'll send you, like I said, you can read them online, but I'll send you a link and you can just like, this is like, Maybe uh, an eighth of the stories that he did. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, it goes, it goes, it's it's just going to get crazier from this point on. But I thought <laughs> I wanted to, well, I wanted to start sort of normal. And <laughs> Here I thought like, that lizards, you can't get crazier than glow-in-the-dark lizards. Hypnotized is a glow-in-the-dark lizard, sorry. Hypnotized, bulletproof, non-bleeding, giant uh yeah lizards glow in the dark lizards oh god it's crazy it's anywho very versatile lizards they're like the swiss army knife of the reptile world <laughs> Indeed. oh boy if they're glow in the dark then yeah they got everything because you can find your keys with them yeah oh. yeah <laughs> just hook your keys up to one of these guys you're good yeah <laughs> oh but i think Unless there's anything further you'd like to say about this particular uh, run of stories, we might move on to Final Judgments. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay, Final Judgments. <laughs> I hope there's a button uh, that you press for that. Absolutely. Oh. It's my belly button. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Phantom R by Fletcher Hanks. Good, good comics, bad comics, or weird comics. What do you reckon? Well, um, so it's not a series that I'd probably be completely invested in. Um, <laughs> just like it'd probably be something that I'd pull out every now and again just for a laugh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say it's bad as in like it's terrible it's um it's very different to the rhythms that have since been established in comics mm-hmm. um like as you said it's pre before that so it's definitely a curio i'd definitely put it in the weird pile yeah i'm gonna join you in the weird pile yeah this is, this is for me some high weirdness it's like it's it's almost primitive in the way that it's put together. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, naive, isn't it? But yeah. Yeah. It's a very, um, I recall Axe Cop, the way it was written was, it was um, the stories from that were taken from the cartoonist's little brother playing. So yeah. his brother, his little brother would be like, Oh, I'm an Axe Cop. And yeah. I'm going to take out this, um, I'm going to go kill the guy who killed my best friends. Yeah. 
and it has that sort of quality to it, but yeah, sort of like what I describe as unbound imagination. Mm. It's like it's like it's not so much a story as just a sequence of things that happen. Yes, like somewhere like then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then they all died. The end. That's pretty much how I described the apple to everyone after watching it. <laughs> It's like uh, they sang a song, they sang a con- they signed a contract, they sang another song. Um, I think they went to a cave. Um, the, pe- the the record company came to find them. Then some guy drove down from the sky in a sky limo and took them yeah. to another planet. God shows up at the end. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Oh boy, okay. like it's definitely not within the structures of of. Um, like storytelling, it's definitely someone who hasn't um, that I read closely with literature, trying to figure out how plotting works. Mm. Yeah, but uh, like, yeah, and like, as I mentioned earlier, like whatever this plot requires is what Phantom Art can do. Mm. So yeah, if she needs to read minds. She can read minds. If she needs to heal monkeys. She can heal monkeys. It's like whatever. It's, there's no rules because it, if uh, if nothing is forbidden, then everything is possible. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to quote something, but I don't know what I'm tr- quoting. <laughs> it's late and I'm tired. Ah, oh, so what did we learn from this comic? Um, did you learn any lessons from this? Yeah, a few actually. Um, yeah. um, I guess don't has have aspirations to be a tyrant. Um, that is great advice. Great yeah, advice. it's. I mean, it hasn't worked out for a lot of people mm. in the in the past. Um, yeah. You know, you learn your best his, uh, lessons from history. Um, if I do find some lizards, I'm going to raise them for good and not evil. Good, good, nice. Yeah. But we'll make them glow in the dark. That's a really good lesson. <laughs> glow in the dark lizards, terrifying but cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it'd be very cute. I'm not sure if covering them in phosphorus would be toxic to them, though. You have to uh, give them the secret jungle drugs first. So. Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a multi-step process. Yes, I'll, I'll add that to the list. Secret jungle drugs. Yeah, um, no problem at all. I'm oh. sure Pablo Escobar will tell me what that is. I'm sure he will. <laughs> he can He can fix you up with some of that stuff. No problems. Uh, I think the lesson I learned is if a skull-faced woman appears and says, if you do this, you are going to die. Believe her. Don't do that thing. Just don't, don't do, do it. <laughs> it's like, what more What more evidence do you need that that's a bad idea? You think it's this is like some joke? It's this like skull-faced woman is like some sort of like, Hallucination? No way. If you get the skull-faced woman saying, don't do it, do not do it. It's, d- it's definitely your conscience, at, le- conscience at least. Uh, yeah, if yeah, if nothing else, uh, <laughs> obey your subconscious about that. Get in there. <laughs> oh, boy. Boy, well, I think that's... Uh, and that's it. We've nailed it. We've done, we've done the Fletcher Hanks uh, stories. There's only a couple of little... Um, a little sec- sections left to go of the podcast. 
So thank you, Tim, for coming on this wild journey with me. Oh, thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed the, the crazy story action. People about this and I will be screaming all sorts of things. Oh, well, wait till I send you the rest of the stories, man. It'll blow your mind. Oh, uh, okay. Stop it, you white fiend. <laughs> I'll be I'll die from my own evil creation. Um Okay, we get we've got a question from the internet. So oh. I asked for uh question questions about weird comics. Oh okay. Weird comic and uh Zane C. Weber, my lord and master and overlord of That's Not Canon Productions, who uh published my podcast. Uh, wrote, which comic character has the most plot armor? God! <laughs> well, Phantom for a start. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, she's, like we just established, like she's got a restorative ray, she's got all these auras. She, like, nothing really bad happens to her in these, actually. Mm-hmm. She just seems like a observer and of men and judge jury executioner more of a force of nature than a character in herself really yeah so that's oh i almost forgot to mention phantom is actually in fact the first ever female superhero yes i saw that she actually predates um wonder woman for quite a bit and i have to say as a wonder woman a fan i am filthy about this oh really because if you're going to be the first, at least be a little bit better than this. <laughs> yeah, on. even though she's the lead character, she's very barely in this. Yeah. Oh, God. It's like... So, like, I would just... I just wish that Wonder Woman was the first superhero, <laughs> but no, she missed out because of Fletcher Hanks. Thanks, Fletcher. <laughs> Thanks, Fletcher. Oh, okay. Oh, well, I feel like uh, Phantom has set it up so Wonder Woman can knock him down. Yeah, that's pretty much right. <laughs> cool. So you reckon Phantom fits the, fits the bill as the character with the most plot armor? For me, the character with the most plot armor is Batman. Oh, right. Because he, he can't lose. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. There's not a lot of stakes with most of these heroes, really. Yeah. Like, even when uh, he got his spine broken by Bane, he came out of it pretty well. Yeah, better than ever. Mm. Sure, sure, like, yeah, break my back, I don't care. (laughs) Uh, It doesn't matter how many crappy TV shows or movies he's in. By virtue of being a superhero, but having no superpowers, he always has to come out on top. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's what happens. You go like they can like the beauty of Batman is they can drag him down to the lowest, always claws himself back up. That's what makes him Batman. Mm. If he was if he was gonna whinge about it, he'd be if he he just like complained about all his bad luck, then he'd be Spider Man. <laughs> but instead, he's like, well, uh, he just like grunts and. Crawl, like digs his way out of a grave, uh, bride style. Tells everyone he's an orphan. My parents are dead. <laughs> My parents are dead. <laughs> oh, that's this like that's your get out of jail free card. He's like, 
Why did you punch that guy in the face? Why did you punch that guy in the face? My parents are dead. <laughs> why is this? Why is this uh, library book late? My parents are dead. That's a really good excuse, to be honest. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Oh boy. Well, I'll I'll work on that one. <laughs> I think we've we've answered that question, and now we're hurtling like the like Phantoma towards uh, the conclusion of our podcast. Uh, second last thing is recommendations. Got any recommendations for um, for entertainment that people could uh, partake in, perhaps besides uh, besides this? Uh, well, besides Phantoma and other. Fletcher Hanks stories. Well, um, yeah, reading over these stories, I couldn't help but think of um, so two to- comics came to mind. Um, the first was uh, Axe Cop, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I- I'm not sure if that one's still going actually, but it's yeah, it's a great comic. Um, the art, the guy that it's kind of co-created between these um, this older guy and his maybe eight year old brother, I think. Um, he was just watching his little brother play and then made a comic out of it. And it's just very silly and absurd. Um, yeah, lots of very, the cartoon is amazing as well. Uh, Nick Offerman voices him in the cartoon. Oh, well, I, I didn't even know there was a cartoon. Wow. I'm yeah. So um, yeah. It's, it's worth watching. It's very funny. Um, I think the first episode is all about, um, he finds uh, his friend Bat Warthog Man, um, <laughs> and he's crying because uh, a monster came and ate his friends. And they go into they uh, climb into the guy that ate his friends, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and his friends are <laughs> the characters from Archie. Oh no, from Happy Days. Sorry. Mm. So they go in there. It's like, oh, look, it's Chachi. And Joni. <laughs> oh, no, I've got too much wine in me to handle this at the moment. Oh, dear, oh, dear. That sounds crazy. And, uh, and the other comic was uh, called Shirtless Bear Fighter. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's so uh, a, a young, uh, a, he was raised by bears uh, when he was abandoned as a baby. Uh, his name is Shirtless Bear Fighter, and he is a shirtless bear fighter. Um, he only sense. begins yep. fighting bears because he got uh, betrayed by his bear family. I hate it when that happens. Oh, every Tuesday for me, really. <laughs> oh. oh, wow, great. Well, it sounds like two great uh, great selections there. Yeah. yeah, sounds good. So, what was good, it? Good, silly, uh, fun, really. Axe Cop and Shirtless Bear Fighter. Sounds great. My recommendation is going to be uh, a fairly recent comic. It's uh, and it is a Wonder Woman comic, which is very strange indeed. It oh, is, uh, Wonder Woman Dead Earth. It's right, post-apocalyptic Wonder Woman comic. Uh, it's done. It's uh, written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson, who has done things like uh, Murder Falcon and a few other independent comics. Murder Falcon. Murder Falcon, yes. That's uh, a title. 
And it's set in a post-apocalyptic world where Wonder Woman wakes up in some sort of like, uh, uh, what is it, Hyper- hyperbolic chamber, and every all the other heroes are dead. Uh, some of it, some of the story beats, I'm not the biggest fan of, but the art is insane. The uh, sound effects, which are built into the art, are like, what's going? Well, this is great. Um, so. For a visual feast and an, an interesting, if somewhat problematic story, I would say check out Dead Earth. It's a four-issue series. It came out last year, and the collection will be out in January. So, Ooh. There we go. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's it. That leaves us one last uh, segment for the whole podcast, and that is plugs. Is there anything you'd like to plug while we've got you on the show there. Oh, gosh. Um, I guess the only thing really is comedy commentary cinema, which is a, a show I run plug. with... Um, with I was uh, hoping you'd plug that. I was hoping that's what you'd plug. Yeah. <laughs> plug it. Plug it. Plug it. Um, yeah, so um, during COVID, we've just been doing it online through Facebook. Um, every Thursday, we've been doing that, uh, picking a movie and just commenting on it. Um, when it comes back to live shows, um, we're hoping to uh, go back to the original format where we've got a, a projector screening a very dumb movie um, with two comedians talking over us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, but for now, yeah, just visit our page, Comedy Commentary Cinema. Um, yeah, that's just on Facebook? Just on Facebook, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully more details about what the future brings um oh. yeah fingers crossed it's positive news but not covid positive <laughs> oh god i'm feeling very covid positive at the moment oh boy <laughs> oh well that's it that's it tim thank you very much for your time uh your creativity and your insight uh, thanks for having me no worries at all this is the end of a podcast now i'm ready to go to sleep um so i'll Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time for the next episode of Troubling Issues. Bye-bye. have a i have poured myself a glass of wine oh oh fancy i know i'm this is like uh uh troubling issues after dark <laughs> so oh. it might get a little bit loosey-goosey but we'll see how we go is this going to be like late night sbs baywatch nights is that what it's going to be like it's exactly what it's going to be like we're going to be fighting fucking werewolves